As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's no crying in baseball! I ate his liver with some father beans. I skinned. If I can change, and you can change, everybody can change! And welcome to another episode of Your Next Favorite Movie. I'm your host, Josh G. And today, I am joined by one of the members of the Film Effect Podcast. Please welcome Justin back to the show. Hey, Josh. What's going on, man? Pretty good over here. How about yourself? Doing well. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. So I'm happy to be doing this right now. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you take a minute and tell everybody what the Film Effect is all about, in case they didn't tune into your last episode. Uh, or couldn't hear because of the crappy sound. So hopefully got a mic this time. Hopefully that won't be a problem. Um, so the film effect, uh, we do a couple of things. We do you know, deep dive episodes where we focus on one movie, but you know, we'll do a top five at the beginning of the show. So on any given episode, you're hearing us talk about more than one movie, you know, you're hearing us talk about a bunch of different movies, but it's focused on breaking down one movie in particular, uh, and then Furacast is a, a weekly or semi-weekly at this point where we just talk about sort of the news for the week, any interesting articles we saw, any interesting trailers. Um, then we give a uh, a recommendation, something we watched that week or from whenever, quite frankly, if we didn't watch anything good that week. But, you know, um, not re- reinventing the wheel, just a bunch of us sitting around talking about movies. Yeah, I have good movie opinions. So there you go. They know oh, what they're talking you. about. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that that that's part of what keeps it interesting is that we all, come, you know, as most people do, I guess, but we come at it from um, you know, our own point of view and perspective. So it's even when we agree, we don't always agree for the same reasons, you know. So it it, it sparks a lot of conversation. Yeah, absolutely, I agree with that. So how often are you on? The bigger dives these days. How often am I personally or just the show? No, you. Uh, you. There's no set schedule. It's really more a question of Ed's. Ed will give us, you know, he'll he'll shoot us a text. Here's what I got coming up that I want to record in the next couple weeks. And it's really just a matter of if it's a movie that I think I I have something to add to the conversation. Sometimes it's, it's even movies that I like, but I'm just like, I love that movie, but I don't. Everything that's been everything that I would have to say about it's already been said. So there's really no point in me sitting in on that one. So it's really just if it's a movie, I guess it doesn't necessarily have to be a movie that I like or love. Although, you know, we've talked about this before. I kind of follow the same philosophy you do where I don't try to trash a bunch of stuff, at least not publicly. Like, you know, if you're sitting with me in the living room, I'll tell you why I think a movie is a piece of shit. But You know, to go on Twitter or on a podcast and really just rip a movie apart, as fun as that can be, like you, I feel like that might be a movie that somebody really digs, and I don't want to shit all over it, you know? So I try to avoid doing it for that reason. So it's more focused on movies that that I really like and have something to add to the conversation is really all it boils down to. Oh, I think that actually leads perfectly into the movie we're going to talk about, because you don't see a lot of podcasts covering this one, so... I definitely don't think everything has been said about it because it's just not covered widely enough. 
and we're going to be talking about Larry Clark's bully. All right, Justin. So when did you first see this? It was on cable. I rem- like I remember the scene that I turned it on, you know, it was already about 20, 25 minutes into it. So I remember exactly where I turned it on. It's a movie I'd heard about. I was aware of Larry Clark because of kids, of course. And um, I, you know, Another Day in Paradise, I had seen at that point. That's a movie I need to see again. I've only seen it once and really didn't have an opinion about it one way or another, but um, I'd like to go back and rewatch it. Kids is a movie that I like. I don't love the way some people do. I don't know. I just never connected with that movie, but bully. um, So, you know, I've been hearing about it, reading about it. It kind of came and went in the theaters pretty quickly. And then just flipping around cable one day and it happened to be, like I said, about 20, 25 minutes into it. I was like, "Ah, I'll turn it on. I'll probably get bored after a few minutes and give up on it. And was just kind of like immediately drawn in. You know, even coming into it, not from the beginning, just the the, the visual um, aspect of it just drew me in immediately. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know, a year, maybe two after the theatrical release, it kind of, you know, like I said, it came and went pretty quickly. And um, so, yeah, whenever it was first on cable. Yeah, so I didn't even know it had a theatrical release. I don't remember hearing about it, but yeah, I definitely caught it. Probably on like HBO or something. Same way I caught kids, actually. For some reason, I don't know why, when I was like 11 years old, I watched kids a bunch. Like it would be on HBO or Cinemax one of them a bunch. And like kids would be on during the day, which is not a movie, (laughs) not a time for that movie to really be on. (laughs) But during the summers, it would be on when I was at my dad's and he had it. And I watched that one a bunch. And yeah. Like I said, I caught this one on HBO as well, just like you, at least somewhere around there. If I was a little, see, I'm a little bit older, but I'm probably a lot older than you, actually. But, you know, if I was your age and, you know, if I had seen kids when I was 11 or or even yeah. a teenager, that movie would have blew my mind. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. like holy, <laughs> like the way and that's the way a lot of people feel about it. But like I was already in my 20s at that point and living a pretty wild life myself. So <laughs> I was like. I don't see what's so shocking about this movie, you know, like now, now as a parent, I look back on, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I guess that was pretty shocking, but yeah, I think just cause I was a little bit older than the kids involved. It was just like, like not, not old enough to be like, Oh my God, what are they doing? Just, you know, just a little bit older. I was like, yeah, you know, it's not yeah. crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. No, at 11, at 11. Yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, It was pretty crazy for me. Yeah, a few years ago, I did a different podcast where we took turns introducing each other to movies, and I introduced my co-host to kids. <laughs> did they thank you? <laughs> well, we were both older. Now, he didn't have kids. I have kids, so I was re-watching for the first time as a parent, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even want to think about this. Like it's, it's one of those movies, and after it, people could tell that we were uncomfortable even like discussing it, and they were like, <laughs> Go do Requiem for a Dream. And I was, <laughs> and, and I get it. I had seen that. But here's, here's the thing we've all been kids, and I have kids. I've never been with drugs like that. So, right. Requiem for a Dream did not make me uncomfortable as kids does because yeah. I don't have that life experience with it. Right. So, yeah, but both, both disturbing movies in their own way. Yes. Yes. Very much so. But back to Bully. For anyone that doesn't know, why don't you tell everyone what Bully is about? So it's uh, set in Florida. 
it's a couple of kids living in i would say this like the florida suburbs uh marty and um oh shit what's the bullies and bobby uh marty and bobby and uh the friends they've been friends since they were infants it's it's said at one point and um but bobby's always like you know he's the bully of the title so um i was going to say picking on marty but it's it's way beyond picking at yeah. you know like he he physically like abuses this kid constantly puts him down he just plays men, you know mental games with him so um he just torments him and uh marty ends up meeting this girl and uh they become boyfriend girlfriend and she sees the way marty uh, or the way uh bobby treats marty she's on the brunt of, of bobby's you know whatever his uh sociopathy uh she gets it sometimes from him too and she just kind of gets fed up with it one day and just you know ask marty why he allows bobby to treat him this way and marty kind of breaks down and explains their history and lisa suggests that they kill him like that you know that's the only way to get rid of him and marty's kind of taking it back at first but the more he thinks about it he thinks it makes sense so the rest of the movie is basically, you know, they recruit a handful of their friends and um, put this plan together to kill this kid. And, um, you know, I guess we're going to get into it. Uh, should I say spoilers at this point? Yeah, I guess so. I guess we can spoil this one. Normally, I, I stay away from but, but Okay, might... so I don't have to. You know, I, I can, I can, I just... Is that important? Yeah, I guess we can talk around it. Let's talk around it. And if we absolutely can't, then we'll throw a spoiler alert up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like I said, normally I don't spoil it. So how familiar were you with these people? Like, say, Brad Renfro, Nick Stahl? Uh, Brad Renfro, I, I still have never seen at Pupil, but I knew the name and I knew, you know, I knew of him from that. Nick Stahl, this would be this. Yeah, this was before Terminator 3. Yep. So I don't know that I'd ever this could be his first movie for all I know. I'm not sure. No, I um, can tell you one. No, it's not. You, OK, I, I know what like Brad Renfro. I knew because I'm I'm not mistaken. I, I've seen that pupil, but it was since then. But I knew him from the client with Susan Saran. That's right. Yeah. And I've never seen that either. But that's right. He was in that, too. Yeah. And Nick Stahl, for some reason, when I was a kid, there was another movie I watched a lot. And it was him with Mel Gibson and the man without a face. Oh, uh, OK. He was in that. Another movie I haven't seen. You're th we're throwing out all the ones that have never seen uh, these guys other work, apparently. So, yeah. But yeah, this was two years before Terminator and like right. four years before Sin City. So, yeah. Which is probably the only two other things I've ever seen him in. I can't remember seeing him in anything other than those movies. I know he's been in other stuff. Yeah. I'm just not yeah. sure that I've seen it. I don't think I have either other than Man Without a Face. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I know he was in that Carnival, Carnival or whatever. I didn't watch uh, that yeah, I never, see, I never watched that. I didn't um, either. But, yeah, no. The, the only one that I might have been somewhat familiar with was um, Bijou Phillips. Okay. And I don't know if I saw her in anything or she was just one of those kids that was kind of in the tabloids because she had like wild sisters and her dad was a rock star. So she kind of I think she's somebody I had heard of before I even knew what she did exactly. So I, I think she's probably the only one that I knew. I think out of the entire or then uh, the, the kid 
that played Telly and Kids. I was gonna say, I was like, you know, you knew one more at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew the kids, and I didn't realize kids. that was him at first. I was like, where do I know this kid from? And then I realized it it was from Kids. Yeah, I didn't expect him to grow up and be that big. To be honest, yeah. I, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Thought he would have been a scrawny thing his whole life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's. See how you decide to do this. Well, let me ask you this. How much do you know about the true story behind this? Because I honestly don't know anything, but it's based off one. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know the story at all. Um Okay. It's and I never had any desire all the time other times I've watched this movie to read the book, but for some reason I, I rewatched it last night, and for some reason after I watched it, I was like, I kind of want to read the book that you know that this is based on. I, I found it that that interesting to go back and learn a little bit more about the real story. Yeah. Cause I, I, I I'm the same as you. I'd never had the interest and now I'm kind of at least intrigued by it to see. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see how much has been embellished. So <laughs> see, I right. Mean, Cause it's a crazy story to be true. It's a crazy story. <laughs> yeah. Fits nicely in that Florida crime genre. <laughs> right. Yeah, it does. <laughs> All right. So we'll see how you go about this one. And that's if, this, this movie does not lend itself to it at all. What I like to talk about, <laughs> how do you do a sequel to this movie? But uh, I mean, the only possible way you could do any sequel is, I guess, you follow their lives in jail. <laughs> you know, like, uh, yeah. what else? Yeah. Or it's... I guess I just, sorry, spoiler alert. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. They don't. <laughs> that, yeah. It ends with that, where they tell what everybody got at the end. So, right. You know. Yeah, that's really all you could do. This is not one that lends itself to that at all. <laughs> yeah, nor what I this story is it's perfect. It tells yeah, exactly yeah. everything it needs to within, you know, like an hour and 40 minutes or whatever the runtime is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a fun question I like to ask, but some movies just do not lend themselves <laughs> right. to the question at all. Yeah. But it's been over 20 years, and what could happen is the modern day remake. Oh boy. So Let's see where you're going to go with that. I had a hard time with this one, mostly because I'm a little out of it with a lot of new stuff. There's just so much new stuff. And I, I'm just, like I said, I'm an older guy. I prefer older stuff at this point in my life. I, I don't keep up on new stuff quite as much. So I don't know a lot of young actors at this point. So it was difficult, but I, I patched a, a little list together. So for Marty, uh, I went, and I'm going to butcher this kid's name, Armin Nahapetian, and he plays the young Bo in Bo is Afraid. Okay. I haven't, I've not seen that yet, but just a funny story about Bo is Afraid. I remember when they first released an actual image of all of them at the press, and like everybody was like, Oh, I thought that was just CGI walking <laughs> right, <Venus>. yeah. <laughs> That poor kid. Yeah, he's got a weird look. So they, they got to take some of the gloss down. He's very <laughs> glossy. But okay, I know who you're talking about now. I didn't know him by the name, but yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I could just see him getting bullied and kind of having enough of it after a while. For Bobby, uh, and this one I, I had a tough time. Uh, so I went with Gabriel LaBelle, who has played... Uh, uh, Sammy Fableman. Okay. Fableman. I don't know why. Um, I was just looking at him. It's looking at stills of him today when trying to put this together. And I'm like, I don't know. I can kind of see him, see him in the Bobby role, see a, a, a little bit of darkness there, even though Sammy Fableman was not a dark character. Right. 
So, uh, yeah, and like the more I look at, it, like I, I took a few of them from the Fablemans. It's weird. Um, there are a lot of young people in that movie. Uh, for Lisa, um, and man, I hate to do this because Rachel Miner's performances, Lisa in, in Bully, is like one of my all time favorite performances. I just love what she does in that movie. And rewatching last night, I realized everybody in the movie, who, like who has a speaking role, has like one, at least one, if not more, moment where they're just absolutely like perfectly real. Like it just feels like you're watching a documentary, or you know what I mean. Like they just nail it. So everybody in the movies, I, I love all the performances. But Lisa, my, um, uh, I'm sorry, Rachel Miner's performance, like I said. So to play her role. I went with this uh, actor named Anna Cobb. She was in uh, that movie. We're all going to the world's fair. Heard of it. Heard haven't of? seen. I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. It's good. Like I went in think it just the stuff I was seeing and reading about. I thought it was a horror movie and it's not at all. In fact, it would play as a, I think a good double feature with bully because it just kind of features like sort of outsiderish kids who are just trying to deal with like, you know, on the, on the surface, it looks like they have it all. Like everybody in kids has a nice house. The, the girl in this, we're all going to the world's fair has a nice house. So you, you'd think that they, they have a good life, but there's just something, something in their boredom that, that like is dangerous, like in, in bully the way it, it plays out. Right. Um, and there's an aspect of that to the, we're all going to the world's fair. So I, I like just kind of got, if she's going to be anybody in this movie, it would be a Lisa vibe because Lisa was sort of awkward, and this girl played that well. Uh, she was all. Did you see Bones and all? She's also in that. No, I didn't. Okay, it's a small role in that. Okay. Um. So yeah, Anna Cobb is Lisa. So <laughs> this one I had a hard time with. Well, I'll come back to this one. So there's an actress that was again in the Fablemans named Isabel Kusman. Um. I kind of saw her as Allie, uh, the Bijou Phillips character. Allie, even though she was as immature as everybody else, she gave off this air of being a little bit older than everybody and just kind of having her shit together a little bit more. But she was as much a mess as everybody else. And I don't know. I got got a vibe from from this actress that she could do that. So uh, her is Allie. And then for cousin Derek, uh, Lisa's cousin, I went with Cooper Hoffman, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son that was in Licorice Pizza. Oh, okay. Similar builds, just kind of like big, oafy kids. He might be a little old for the part, but uh, I don't know if they specified that Derek was in high school. Derek might have been a year or two older than the kids. I can't quite remember. I can't remember that part either, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I just got a Cooper Hoffman vibe. For Donnie, who was played by Michael Pitt, <laughs> I went with Jack Champion who played Spider in the new Avatar movie. Uh, have you seen that? No, no interest in the Avatar movies. Um, I could see him play, <laughs> playing kind of a dopey, you know, Donnie was kind of a dopey kid, uh, but, had, but had moments of clarity, moments of intelligence. And I could, the, the Spider was kind of that role in Avatar, similar, similar aspects. Okay, so for the one I had a hard time with, I don't know why this is the name that popped into my head and she's too young for the role. So this is why I had a hard time with it. But let's say in four or five years, I had Julia Butters as Heather 
uh, the girl they pick up in rehab. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just could say Julia Butters is a great actor so far. Like I really like what she, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood, yep. she was a little girl and she was um, again, the Fableman. She was one of Sammy Fableman sisters. And um, she was really good in that. She's, you know, she's really good at what she does. So um, yeah, she wouldn't be appropriate for this role at this time in her life. A little no, too no, young, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like I said, five years, five, six years, uh, I could see her doing it. And then is the hitman. I don't know why this is the name that kept coming into my head, but I went with Timothy Chalamet. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Just because the hitman, like everybody thinks he's like, you know, he's a little bit older. They think he's he's like they believe he's a hitman, kind of cool in some way, but he's really kind of geeky. And yeah. um and you know, he's not he's not a huge guy and I could just see Timothy Chalamet pulling that off. For whatever reason, I don't know why. <laughs> I just kept picturing him in the role. Yeah, you got a little bones and all reunion there with you. Yeah, there you go. I didn't <laughs> even think actor. of that. Yep. <laughs> okay. Well, so let me ask this, and this isn't something I typically ask, but Larry Clark's a very certain type of director. Do you have yeah. anybody that could direct a movie like this or see this type of movie being made? Like you said, this guy oh, released for the a remake. Week. Yeah. Uh, who, who would do it? Um, yeah, I mean, I could see there, there's some people I could see doing it uh, as far as, uh, man, that's a really good question. I never thought about it. Yeah, I normally um, don't ask the director, but with the Larry Right, Clark yeah, flick, he threw I me think... off with me, threw me a curveball. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it would necessarily look the way Larry Clark does. Larry Clark, Clark started out as a photographer. So, you know, um, that's sort of his, his background more than storytelling. And I, I think... The reason I like this best of all of his movies, I mean, besides, I just think it it's just is the best made of all of his movies, at least the ones I've seen, is I think this is a better script. The The two scripts that Harmony Corinne wrote, I don't think either one of those are great scripts. He also wrote Ken Park. Uh, Ken Park, which is a movie I just rewatched last week, and I'm just not a big fan of that movie. But... You know, Larry Clark had a really good script for this. And then with his distinct visual style, it, it, I think it turned out to be a masterpiece. So, yeah, there's a bunch of people that could do it and it would turn out differently. But um, I don't think anybody could do it quite, quite the way he did it. There's a lot of people now that sort of do that, um, you know, a gritty looking independent movie that people like Larry Clark and Harmony Corinne with Gummo. Um, some of the, the dogma people like, uh, Lars von Trier, like, you know, there, there's some filmmakers that kind of perfected that look in the late nineties and the early two thousands. And now a lot of independent films, if they want a, a sort of gritty feel to them, it's almost, uh, uh, like a cliche at this point, you know? Yeah. I understand that. Not like I said, I knew I was throwing a curveball by throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would have given, I would have given it more thought. That, that's a good question. All right, so let's do this. Let's have you do one final pitch on why someone should take a chance and watch Bully. Well, like I said, it's beautiful. It's beautiful looking. Um, just if, if you're a fan of the way movies are photographed, um, the, the way that I am, um, then yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Like I said, it's an interesting script. Um, the performances, every performance is fantastic. 
Great soundtrack. We didn't talk about the soundtrack. It's another one I own. Um, hmm. When I was on here last time, I did uh, The Last Dragon, which nice. is I also own that soundtrack. <laughs> so I think every time, you know, if you're gracious enough to have me on again, uh, I'll have to pick another movie where I also own the soundtrack. Just make that the theme. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those movies where all the elements come together. There, there's, there's the only thing I can pick apart about it. And this is true. If you know Larry Clark, it's true in all of his movies. He seems to have a weird, creepy fixation with teenagers and teenage bodies. And so there are certain shots where it's just like Bijou Phillips crotch and short shorts. And it does it like it doesn't need to be there. Like it's not no. enhancing the scene. It's not imparting any information. It's right. just exploitative. And like he he does that a few times throughout the movie with a few of the different. I, actually, you could probably make an argument of all of them. Mm hmm. I had forgotten how much nudity and sex was in it. I knew there was some, but I forgot. It's it's nearly constant. So I forgot about that part of it. Yeah, that so, was yeah. something I thought. I was like, man, when I was a teenager, I did not just hang around fully naked. Like, <laughs> as often as these kids do. Like, yeah, it was just, I, I forgot. Yeah, it was like, whoa, it's a lot of it. So, you know, if that, if that sort of thing bothers you, then this is probably not the movie for you. But if you don't care, you know. It, yeah, it's just, but yeah, okay. So that's the part I was saying uh, with Larry Clark. That that's that's my only negative is that uh, he borders on creepy. I, this isn't a creepy movie. I don't want to say that, um, but there are like a few quick, like one or two second shots that border on creepy. So, um, but other than that, it's to me a, a nearly perfect movie. I, I think it's a masterpiece. All right. Well, I, I think that wraps it up. You say masterpiece, bam. There you go. That's why that's why it's my <laughs> favorite movie. Boom. <laughs> why don't you tell everybody where they can find you online, where they can find the podcast, and we'll get out of here. Uh I'm so I'm always bad with this. I should write this stuff down before I do it. But uh so film effect podcast uh on Twitter. I you know, I don't do Facebook or TikTok, but I think we have pages on both of those. Me personally, uh, <laughs> okay, so it's Kundalini Hand 73. So C U N D A L I N I, right? Did I spell it right? Kundalini Hand H A N D 73. Uh, it's when I log, and you told me I can switch it, right? Then you weren't you the one who <laughs> yep, told me yep. that? Yeah, I, once I went with that handle, I was stuck with it, but um, I'm happy to find out that I can change that to something more rational. <laughs> It was a man. I knew going in that it was my focus was going to be movies on Twitter and not anything else, really. So mm -hmm. I went with a, a movie reference, and that was the first one. I'm I'm a big Mad Max fan, so that was the first one that popped to mind. Hey, that and you haven't even brought Mad Max to the table. I thought about it last time. I was like, but see, if I was going to talk about a Mad Max movie, it wouldn't be Mad Max. It would be The Road Warrior. That's my favorite one. Okay. Well, hey, I've done... Beverly Hills Cop Part 2, but not the first one. So, hey, look, I've, I've, I've done that. We've jumped straight to the sequel before. <laughs> and in terms of when we get to sequel territory, that's when we get to talk about the first and, you know, the rest of them. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so you can jump around and bring the second one of a, of a series. That works. We'll make it work. No big deal. But as always, you can follow the show at YNF Movie Pod, most active on Twitter. I, uh, I think I have an Instagram and a TikTok that I do not even log into anymore, so I wouldn't <laughs> worry about those. Uh, 
So yeah, I would just say follow linktr.ee slash YNF moviepod. That way you can at least find my letterbox. That way you can see what I'm watching that's not being covered on the show. And and we'll probably be back next week with another film effect member. I don't know. It's the first one I'm recording, so we'll see how these decide to go in order. But until then, you guys take care, and I'll talk to you next time. <laughs>